Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Serie A fan. With Kenny away on international duty and Oscar undertaking a retiro, much like Italy, you're stuck with a new captain for this one. Join us as we discuss the Azzurri's good win on Sunday, some tasty upcoming league fixtures, as well as diving into Milan's implausible and continued injury woes on this episode of Scudetto. Hello and welcome to Scudetto on what is a quickfire episode this week. Uh, Oscar is out preparing for a big international move, so his agents obviously said that he's not allowed to, to take part in, in this podcast. Um, while I'm in Lisbon on international friendly duties, so yeah, we're hopefully going to come through this uh, come through this well. Uh, but Boaz. You, I, I believe, are, are home and well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Kenny. Um, I got my booster shot earlier this week, so I was a bit under the weather, but now I'm uh, almost invincible. Perfect. And have you got a, a beer to boost you further? Yes, given that um, it's just the two of us, and given that I haven't had much time to prepare, I've just got a regular Tuborg Red here. Nice. Uh, right, okay. I have also got uh, a beer here. I obviously mentioned that I was in, in Lisbon. I've got myself a, a beer from Porto, which is uh, it's called Cerveja Nortada. And any Portuguese listeners uh, might be laughing right now at how this is not a craft beer, but it claims to be a craft beer. And I have to say that it's very, very uh, tasty. It's, it's their lager, but uh, I think I've basically kind of scorned lagers before on this podcast or been accused of scorning lagers. Uh, but yeah, this one's very, very nice. It's got a lot of character, very refreshing and very, very smooth. I, I think that part of the the joy of being abroad is also getting to taste new beers that you wouldn't get to taste otherwise. Yeah, it's great. I'm gonna see if I can I'm gonna see if I can somehow get my hands on some Portuguese craft beers when I get back to, to sunny Scotland. Right. We are uh, yeah, as I mentioned, we are going to be doing sort of a, a quick fire edition this week. Uh, obviously, there was that uh, glorious third and fourth place playoff in the, the Nations League between Italy and Belgium. So I guess that's probably the best place to start, Boaz. Uh, Italy running out 2-1 winners, victorious against the, the Belgians again. And um, obviously... Along with this, Italy leapfrogging England to go fourth in, in UEFA's rankings. Boaz, did you catch the game? What did you make of it? And I guess to, to ask the question Oscar asked last week, do we now care about the, the Nations League? This is the third week this question gets asked in a row. <laughs> and I think that uh, we do care. I mean, uh, Italy and Belgium put on quite a spectacle. And uh, despite uh, Courtois' uh, laments, I think the game had its uh, had value and had some merit and uh, crucially as you mentioned Italy uh, 
moved up in the ranking, although Belgium are inexplicably top of the of the ranking forever. Yeah. Despite always. always losing in tournaments, but um, <laughs> I thought it was a good game, and I thought Italy uh, Italy gave a good uh, gave a good account of themselves. And as usual, Federico Chiesa was outstanding. I think you said this last week or the week before, but we're starting to run out of uh, words and ways to describe Chiesa because he he really is a big game player, and he's he he's always. Uh, he always seems to be the guy who's not only one of the most talented people on the pitch, but also one of the guys who's most willing to run his uh, socks off. So kudos to him. Yeah. Elsewhere, I think the while Italy seemed to have a slight issue up front, which has been discussed, and even without Immobile, I, I think even with Immobile back, there, we need, there needs to be some alternatives up front. Uh, Italy's true strength is undeniably in the midfield where there's such a great uh, set of options including players who weren't in the team this time around like Tonali for example but um, it looks like that area of the pitch at at least is very well stacked for years to come top of them all is uh, Barella who of course scored a a great goal against Belgium again and also put on a performance that uh, apparently had some uh, Newcastle uh, shakes uh, turn their uh, interest in him so as I said, I thought it, was, it wasn't a pointless game and it's nice to finish this tournament with a win. And uh, yeah. also it was I feel it was quite pleasant to have Wednesday off as opposed to most other nations this week. Yeah, yeah, of course. But obviously big big games coming up in in November as uh, I believe we discussed on, on last week's uh, on last week's episode. Um, but sorry for interrupting. I, I mean, we I made such a big deal of Donnarumma last week that I really have to mention him again this week, as opposed to last week where the San Siro Stadium uh, uh, booed him throughout. This uh, for the Belgian game, the Turin crowd applauded him. I, I think this is uh, slightly. It's it's easy for them to applaud him because they secretly want to make him a Juventus player in the future, and uh, right. also. Um, it's slightly rich from Juventus to uh, to claim some sort of moral ground, given that their fans did boo uh, Bonucci on his return to the stadium in 2018 once he'd signed for Milan. But having said that, Donnarumma put on uh, a classic Donnarumma performance, a few big saves, a couple of uh, inexplicable flaps, and then um, <laughs> he uh, left his legs so wide open that Rebic was making jokes about it for the Belgian goal. So, uh, I mean... This is a powerful course for him, and uh, I think that, uh, as I said in the past, and I, I'll try not to mention it again, he's doing very <laughs> well, but uh, but he's got a lot to go to grow as a man and as a player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's really hasn't in, in this international break done uh, people like Oscar and myself who have been, I guess, jumping to his defense uh, that that many favors. Uh, certainly hasn't covered himself uh, in in glory yet throughout um but yeah he's young he's young and uh considering the fact that he won uh, the best player at the euro trophy and this was brought up as a response to the things i was saying i have to think that he wasn't even the best keeper at the euro that that will go to the swiss keeper who uh made a lot more saves donnarumma italy conceded five shots on target of which four were goals in the tournament so i mean you could look at these stats in many different ways i'm a fan of donnarumma the player I think he's going to be a fantastic goalkeeper for Italy for years to come. But once more, he's not the finished article and he's prone to making a few mistakes, more so than many of his colleagues, including Keiro Navas. Oof. Okay. 
Okay, I mean, uh, normally I'd, uh, I'd come come back at you on on that one, but no, I mean, you're right. He's not he's not the finished article quite quite clearly. Um, I still think absolutely huge potential, really. Um, but we have to move on. We have to move on to speak about this weekend's uh, big fixtures. It's difficult. I was saying this to you before we started recording. It's difficult to pick the big uh, big game of this week. But probably, I mean, it's between Juve, Roma, and uh, Lazio Inter, obviously. Probably, I don't know, probably Juve, Roma, to be honest. Uh, Morata, obviously, expected to be back for this. Uh, Tammy Abraham is a huge injury doubt for Roma, apparently, to trying, to, trying to kind of strap him together to get him out for it. How do you see this game going? There are two teams, you know, in different veins of form. Roma obviously started very well under Mourinho and have had some disappointing results uh, heading into the international break. Juve were kind of the opposite, uh, obviously in the bottom, in the relegation zone, and then have kind of uh, started to, to look a bit more like the, the Allegri Juve that we kind of remembered. Uh, how do you see this game going? What, what are your expectations for it? Firstly, I was quite tickled by the fact that uh, Tammy Abraham apparently has been telling his England teammates that he is the king of Rome. So uh, <laughs> I, I like the fact that he's just arrived, but he's already settled so well and he's feeling confident. But um, with regards to picking a result or even a winner from this game, it's a very hard one. Usually I'd mm. lean towards Juve, but just because of their uh, the fact that statistically they, they are more likely to win this game. But uh, this season is quite unpredictable. And as you mentioned earlier, Juventus started with uh, a little bit of a hiccup. Roma started uh, firing on all cylinders and then kind of uh, stumbled along the way. And now they meet each other. I think my biggest takeaway from this game is that it's uh, Allegri versus uh, Mourinho once again. And th- they have yeah. priors. There's, uh, they used to, they had a couple of uh, jabs at each other in the past and I think that's going to be exciting per se, and I, I'm definitely looking forward to the to the post-match comments, particularly as Allegri has been in the media in Italy quite often in the last week due to some uh, extracurricular activity with uh, his former his former girlfriend and uh, the the way he broke up with her. I don't think that's really that interesting for this podcast, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mourinho chose to bring this up at some point. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't put it past him, really, would you? Uh, and I, I wasn't sure where to go next with that because there is uh, obviously a manager element to to Napoli Torino, but I think we're we're going to go to Lazio Inter, Mourinho's uh, Mourinho's previous side, obviously. There's a management uh, element here too because it's uh, essentially Simone Inzaghi returning to Lazio for the first time, and uh, yeah. it will be interesting to see how the Lazio fans and in particular the Lazio ultras welcome him. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't expect there to be too much uh, ill feeling towards him from the fans because it did feel like he wanted to stay and was kind of uh, pushed yeah. out by Lotito. But uh, yet again, it's a clash of uh, two different football styles. And while both managers are new at their clubs, it's perhaps uh, Sari who has a little bit more work to do because Inter kind of had this, a similar setup to what Inzaghi likes to play. Having said that, um, I think Lazio are the home team and as you said in the past episode Inter have been far from convincing in some of their recent outings especially in Europe but also in the league they've had to come back several times and um, yeah. Lazio occasionally do turn it on so 
I probably say I'm a little bit more for Lazio in this game, but another one of these great ties that is hard to call. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, Inter are going to be without quite a few players returning from South America again. We mentioned this on a, you know, after the last international break. Obviously, Correa is the 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 other X that we were expecting to that we would have expected to see lineup for Inter, but he is uh, obviously a huge start coming back from international duty late for this one, uh, along with Lautaro um, and Alexis Sanchez, Vidal, Vecino. I, I can kind of see that there is something in this and that I can kind of see Lazio potentially potentially sneaking it, really. But you never know. I mean, the thing with the internet that has been over the years that when you think that they're most likely to drop points has been when they haven't and uh, they tend to kind of drop points where where you wouldn't perhaps um, expect them. But yeah, uh, obviously really, really excited for, for that game. Uh, and the other big one that we've picked out, which is uh, a Sunday game, is Napoli-Torino. And Juric at one point, uh, if, if memory serves, was rumoured to be in line to take over at Napoli. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but Torino have really, really started to kind of look like a Juric side, haven't they, in, in recent weeks. Uh, Napoli obviously defending that unbeaten record. Uh, I think it's difficult to look past Napoli really in this one. Uh, but do you think Juric would, Juric's Torino could spring a surprise or are you expecting Napoli to continue racking up those three points? I expect Torino to um, offer something different to what Napoli have faced so far in the season. I think we, we all know that he has his sides run ragged. Uh, against Juventus, that was actually their downfall because... Ultimately, it looked like they ran out of gas a little bit. As you said, I expect Napoli to continue um, their incredible win streak. But um, as with any streak, the longer it goes, the harder it is to hold on to it and the the more hungry the opposition team get. But I think um, at the Diego Maradona Stadium, Napoli are close to a guaranteed uh, three points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Um, obviously, Napoli's biggest challengers, your, uh, the team of your heart, Milan. Um, so, I mean, Joe Jordan was in the, the paper saying some, uh, some nice words about, uh, obviously, this is one of his, these are two of his ex-teams, Milan and uh, Verona, lining up against each other. Milan have themselves, we, we mentioned Inter having sort of, uh, you know, a crisis of players coming back from international duty. I mean, that's a nice crisis to have if you're a Milan fan because Milan have got players who aren't coming back from international duty. Manyan obviously out. It's been reported until 2022, possibly. Uh, and Teo Hernandez, who despite having been uh, fully vaccinated against COVID-19, has tested positive. So well, how, are you, how are you feeling there? I mean, obviously it's... There's just an injury crisis that keeps uh, keeps on going at Milan. Every time the official AC Milan app gives me a push notification, I my heart skips a beat. I don't know what's going to happen, and <laughs> they, they they tend to pick like a lot of exclamation marks and stuff. So the the last one was Teo Hernandez exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark, and then once you open the story, <laughs> it's he's got COVID. It's not it's not brilliant, but um, as you as you said, it's not it's not the best way to. Um, prepare a match against uh, Verona. Um, I think Milan have done very well in the past season or so in coping with injuries and 
rotating players. It's well documented that uh, neither Jeru nor Ibrahimovic have been on the pitch much. But with, mm. I think that uh, in this case, with uh, Mike Manyan and uh, Ternandez being out, th- these are big losses and, and players that don't necessarily have a natural replacement. Milan, of course, rushed to the market and purchased Mirante, partly because he put on a stellar performance against Milan last season at San Siro, I believe. Uh, it was very frustrating in a 3-3 game. But um, let's face it, uh, the way Iron Mike has been playing so far this season, any keeper would be a downgrade to, to him. So I'm, yeah. I'm very apprehensive. With regards to the left-back situation, it looks like uh, David Calabria will be Davide Calabria will be jumping over to the other side and... That guy's played pretty much everywhere for Milan except for in goal <laughs> so far. So um, it's not the greatest. And with a Champions League tie against uh, Porto coming up in the midweek as well, it's it's really bad timing. And as you said there, Manian, uh, he had his uh, surgery this week. And uh, in the worst of cases, he'll be back in 12 weeks. In the best of cases, it'll be six to eight weeks. So in any case, he's going to miss quite a lot of games. And... Uh, it's it's unfortunate because he's really set himself apart so far this season. And perhaps Serie will be decided because of the keepers. Because we've had uh, Jersey Dudek making mistakes here and there. Now Milan are going to be without the key keeper. Andanovic has made mistakes. So maybe this is might be an overarching theme for the whole season. Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke uh, before the Atalanta Bina game about, or just afterwards about the sort of two best keepers uh, or two of the best keepers certainly I think James Horncastle actually on uh, British television um, was speaking about how he believed they're the two best keepers in Serie A coming face to face I think after that game we can have to say that Manyan took that crown uh, after that game so a huge 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 blow but we're just going to move on very very swiftly to, to best of the rest and like Theo Hernandez uh, Spezia's uh, Reca has tested positive for for COVID nineteen, so it's uh, it's obviously something that kind of is yeah we're not past we're not past yet, but uh, yeah, it, I mean what can you do? You just got to kind of roll with it. Really, I think is is, is the best that uh, that clubs can do at the moment. Um, and and I think you had actually mentioned before we started recording that. City had announced that sort of 98% of uh, players in the league were uh, vaccinated against COVID. So, you know, even with that, uh, not out of the woods yet. Uh, moving on, Lazio have, like Inter, announced that they have a new cryptocurrency sponsor, although theirs is uh, not, not in-house uh, with, uh, with Binance. Uh, and obviously we've got to talk we spoke uh, it's all too frequent that we speak about this uh, more depressing news on uh, on just where football is at the moment with uh, Man United and Sweden under 21 player Anthony Elanga who uh, has alleged that he was racially abused by uh, Mazzurini in Italy under 21 player in their uh, 1-1 draw when, when Sweden snatched, snatched a, late, uh, a late draw in that game. So more depressing news, although I think, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, boys, but I think the Italian, uh, well, at Fiji have uh, kind of rebuked this and, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of contesting it. Yeah, the Fiji said they were seeking legal action against this uh, claim. And, I mean, regardless, it's, it's not a good look and... Uh, I long for the day when we stop speaking about these things. 
Yeah, yeah, you and me both, you and me both. Right, let's try and move on to some more, uh, some more sort of upbeat notes as we move into our honourables and dishonourables section this week. So I'm going to start with an honourable for Maria Sole Ferrieri Caputi, who is to become only the second woman to officiate a Serie B match when she takes on Cittadella versus Spal. Boaz, you've got a, a rather spooky, I'm guessing this is a, a dishonorable here for, for Napoli. I mean, it's, it will be a dishonorable if once we see it, but uh, I'm guessing, but essentially Napoli, who are producing their own shirts, of course, this year, will be showing off yeah. their sixth different shirt of the of the season when they announce when they launch a special Halloween kit for the I believe it's for the following weekend not this one and they have a, a strange countdown going down on their uh, social media I mean as I said uh, uh, once I see it I'll judge it but it doesn't sound too good yeah although with Ibori uh, Armani involved in the on on the kit side perhaps it might not actually be as bad as you as you fear uh, forgive the pun. Uh, right, mm-hmm. so we, we have to speak about Lazio because we spoke about Lazio a lot last season about their plane deal, uh, which caused all sorts of rifts between uh, Lotito and Luis Alberto. So I'm just giving it a mention here. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to give it an honourable uh, in that Lotito has seen sense and that Lazio have decided not to renew uh, this deal for you know for hiring the the plane for for the team, which obviously was uh, timed interestingly when uh, it, it was announced with players not being uh, not being paid their their wages. Uh, so so yeah, that's I, I think an honourable with uh, Lotito seeing seeing sense. But as we have got, I'm not sure it, it's a double something for Donnarumma. Is it an honourable? Is it dishonourable? Is it Partially honourable, partially dishonourable. Certainly, uh, looking at your notes, I think part of it has to be honourable. But I'll let I'll let you take it from here. Having gone on a slight rant about Gijo earlier, I feel that uh, to to bring uh, our fans closer, to, the fans of Donnarumma closer to us, I must uh, recant quickly. And I want to give the young keeper honourable for being Italy's youngest captain since 1965 when he took uh, the armband in Turin this weekend versus Belgium. So good on him. And also, I, I will give him an honorable. The TV sh- the Italian TV show Le Iene showed up to Donnarumma and they kind of gave him uh, one of those fake uh, tattoos with the AC Milan uh, logo on it. And uh, I mean, it, <laughs> he, was, he was game and he claims that he will get the, the, the crest, ta- the actual crest with a real tattoo on his body. It's good to know that uh, he still loves Milan, although I doubt the feeling is mutual. Yeah, and I would just interject and say that that will no doubt endear him to, to Juve fans if that does, uh, if that move does <laughs> materialize. And all this while his agent is uh, taking shots at the Milan management, the Milan ownership, <laughs> etc. So, I mean, th- those two should really get their message on point before they speak to the media because it's, it's a little bit confusing. Yeah, yeah, there's all sorts of uh, things being raised, like the fact that Donnarumma could have been sold for apparently 118 million euros or something. Is, uh, but, but yeah, obviously um, nothing like that happened. Um, right, still on the theme of uh, tattoos, uh, quick honorable for Dilo and Insigne, who've got Euro 20 tattoos that look 
pretty smart, not matching, but obviously they'll be matching in the, the Napoli kit. So honorable, honorable there for me. Yeah, the, the, the Di Lorenzo one looked nice, particularly nice. Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, Boaz Materazzi. I mean, Materazzi is a World Cup 2006 hero. Without him, Italy would, wouldn't have won that tournament. So he does have a, a place in my heart. But when that guy opens his mouth, oh my God. This week, um, <laughs> he made the weird claim. Basically, Lilian Thuram made a, a, a very sound statement about racism in Italy and racism in football in general. And Materazzi's takeaway from this was, I am against racism, but Thuram never left the pitch when fans chanted, calling me a son of a bitch. This is discrimination for white people, black people, and for the son of a bitch. I mean... I don't even know, I don't even know where to start with this. The the fact that he equates someone insulting him personally with a, a problem that's widespread and affects many people is just so misguided. And I mean, the fact that even if he thinks this, the fact that he thinks it's a good idea to go to press with this is just so idiotic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. How how badly can you can you miss the mark? I guess. Uh, and we're just going to finish up, Buzz, with. And I'm assuming this is an honorable for Roma youngster Nikola Zalewski. Uh, Roma youngster Nikola Zalewski, who's actually got a couple games this season under Mourinho, and it looked like Mourinho had taken him under his wing, made uh, a faux pas th- this week. <laughs> I mean, you call it that. It's a bit more than that. When um, his friend, um, rapper Zep Dembo, Posted a story on Instagram where basically they were they he was shouting Mourinho we're gonna go snort. <laughs> so I mean yeah I, I don't know what I I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at the in the tra- training ground the next day when poor Nicola had to show up but not a good not a good look for a professional sportsman and definitely not a good look for someone who was actually starting to break into the team so naughty naughty award for him. <laughs> yes, of course. I was, uh, yeah, I was being somewhat facetious uh, there. Uh, perfect. So, I mean, that's it for us this week. That's all we've uh, all we've got time for in this quickfire episode. Uh, so, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much to, to everyone for for tuning in. Uh, obviously, as uh, Oscar mentions every week, please do subscribe to us on. Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio. And until next week, enjoy the football. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.